What You Need to Know is brought to you by Morongo Casino Resort and Spa. Good times, less than 90 minutes from wherever you are. Laura, what do you got? All right, this is a public service announcement just because I'm a huge dog person. You guys know this. We actually all are on the show. And I was just reading an article um, at AB7 that says that the shelters, the LA shelters are at capacity. They're only able to hold about 1,700 dogs and they're about to hit that 1700 mark. So they're urging people, if you guys can adopt a pet, please go. You can go to one of the six shelters. You don't need any appointment during the weekends, which is when most of us are free. And if you can't go during a weekend, you can go during a weekday. But you do need to make a reservation. So if you guys can adopt, please do so. They're saying they're at capacity because a lot of people are moving and unfortunately can't take their pets or their pets that have been lost and people just have not been able to find them. So. Do you get the sense when you adopt a dog cuz I have I have I have uh, I've done that before. Like I almost feel like they're more appreciative. Now that could be just me projecting, but it does feel that way. No, no, they are. Mo- my dog who is Minnie, she's 3 pounds. She is an adopted dog. We rescued her and even though she's a little weird, you know, I love her. She comes with her little quirks, but she's so loving and I feel like those dogs are just they just want love, you know. So if you guys can, I'm always an advocate to adopt a dog over buying a dog. When did you um, adopt the dog? How old was the dog? Minnie was, we were told she was a pup, but when I took her to the vet, you know, she was like five years old. So she's an older dog. Yeah. Same thing happened with me. When I adopted a dog, they said she was like four and she easily had to be like six or seven. Yeah, I've, I've never really adopted a dog really? i've always gotten like you know i've always had dogs who are babies little puppies and you know have raised them um i always wonder like what will you get you know a dog with bad habits a dog who's not house trained a dog who barks too much or bites i, mean, I just i always wondered like what what kind of trouble could you find yourself in when you don't have the dog from the time the dog's a little baby but um i mean it sounds like a nice thing to do Yes. Well, yeah, especially because they're at capacity. Because then you know what happens if they're at capacity. Then you right, know, mm-hmm. they and either don't, don't take them or they're or worse. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so do that. Where, where again, Laura? If people were just tuning in. So if you guys can go to laanimalservices.com, they have all the information there. LA. All right, cool. Mm-hmm. That is what you need to know. Brought to you by Morongo Casino Resort and Spa. Good times, less than ninety minutes from wherever you are. So earlier in the show, I was telling people if you if you hear me, I sound like crap. Um, because I got food poisoning last night. Um, the only one in my household, we all ate the same thing, who got food poisoning. And um, That is weird, too, by the it, way. You know, usually, usually if everybody eats the same thing and, like, somebody gets sick, then everybody starts calling each other, hey, I'm sick. Are you sick? Yeah, me too. I'm sick too. It's yeah. amazing that you're the only one that didn't – nobody else got it. Yeah, it is pretty wild. Uh, but, you know, I guess it's good. Even though earlier I kind of said, like, I can't believe I was the only one that got sick right. in a Wish way where I was kind of wishing. My mom and my wife would have gotten sick, too. Yeah, that's kind of yeah. what you said. So mean. So we, I was saying that food poisoning is one of those things I would not wish upon my worst enemy. Mm-hmm. Um, and you, you, you found that to be fascinating. Um, but somebody tweeted in earlier, Rusty, said that kidney stones would be the thing he would not wish on his worst <laughs> that enemy. That now, is true. That I is... have never had kidney stones. Oh, but, me neither. But, I have but, twice. But, but, but. Twice, good Lord. I, I remember being a child, okay? And um, my dad once had kidney stones. So we went to the hospital, um, you know, with him so he can pass the kidney stones. And I remember the kinds of yelling and screaming that was coming out of him. 
Um, and that forever to me le- has led me to never want to experience that in my life. It's why I don't drink soda in a lot of ways or even coffee, to be honest with you. Yeah, my dad's had a couple of kidney stones himself. And when he when that happens and he's like, I'm just waiting for it to pass because it's just agonizing pain as it works its way out. And then I guess it's kind of like for guys, um, imagine a marble and um, and you passing that through your you know what. It's kind of like giving birth for a dude is kind of the way it's been described to me. Don't know. <laughs> I've had them twice and yeah. um, my dad used to get them. And I remember being like 15 and I had my learner's permit. I didn't even have my driver's license yet. My dad was like in the fetal position on the ground and had me drive him to the hospital because he it, they were so bad. I oh, had man. them, and it was one of the, one of the times I had them. I was moving that weekend, and it was the weirdest thing because it just like came on so suddenly. And I went into the emergency room and was literally screaming at the top of my lungs. I couldn't. I could not contain myself. It was horrible. It was How the do worst you get thing them? ever. Like, what, what do I do to avoid kidney stones? I don't want that. Drink a lot so, of water. I don't really? know. I mean, I drink a lot of water. A lot of it's genetic, I guess. And it, it's like a cal- – it depends. There's two different kinds. We don't need to get into it. But I told you guys, though, last week that I got a shot at my doctor for um, for uh, shingles. I told you this. Did I not? A shot uh, for shingles? No. Sure. No. Okay. So, so here's the thing. My doctor tells me, he goes, listen, he goes, you need to get the Pfizer booster shot. You need to get a flu shot. You need to get a shingles shot. And you need to get a tetanus shot. And I'm like, uh, you want me to take all four of them right now? He's like, no, you can only take two. I said, well, which ones do you think I should take, Doc? He said, take the flu shot and the shingles shot. I said, I don't even know what shingles is. Well, well he, but you're after 50. You have to get it because if you get it, it's really bad. We've well, had that, this discussion. I do remember this happening. That's what he told me. Last he, week. he told me. He showed me what shingles were. I'm like, I don't want that. And then yeah. he told me, he goes, you're going to have like flu-like symptoms. I'm like, no, not me, man. I'm tough. I got this. No yes. problem. Yeah. Oh, dude, I was sick as a dog last week for a couple of days. Yeah, I would imagine you were. Um, how do you prevent kidney stones, at least according to Google? Stay hydrated. Drinking more water is the best way to prevent kidney stones. Eat more calcium-rich foods. Eat less sodium. Eat fewer, uh, what does that say? Oxalate-rich foods. Uh, eat less animal protein. Avoid uh, vitamin C supplements. Uh, explore herbal remedies. Okay, I should have kidney stones by tomorrow based on that. Well, I was I mean, going to say, there's two different kinds because the ones that I had were the calcium kidney stones. So... Consuming more calcium would not help me, and yeah. I was vegetarian for like six years, so just saying. Yeah. Did you drink a lot of soda? No, I don't drink pop. I haven't drank pop in years. Pop. pop. Not pop. Not I pop. Love She'll that. drink soda. She she won't drink pop. She'll drink a soda, though. Mm. Yeah. No. But pop, she don't drink. No, well, she drank yeah. Mexican soda. Yeah, I did have a sip of that. Yeah. Well, speaking of pain, I'll just tell you guys this, George. I can feel your pain, but I'll tell you this. Um, I had a zit this morning. Above my lip, but below my nose, it was a really bad place for a zit, and it was it was just ready to blow, man. I mean, I could just feel the swelling of this thing, and I got deep into it, you know, and I finally was able to get it. It was one of those deals where pop, you know, it just happened. It was like all over the place. What a mess this thing was. But, okay. oh, I feel so That's much enough. better now. Yeah, oh, I feel so much better. Oh. Can I dump all that? Ew. No. You're not feels- supposed to pop your zits. You're supposed to use a warm compress to make them... Go down. You're not supposed to pop them. That just makes them worse. Well, I don't yeah. know, man. It was it these holes. No, I don't know. It was painful. When I popped it. Yeah. Uh, so anyhow, um, Keyshawn kind of popped a you know a, a bubble or the a balloon for the Rams fans about Von Miller. What was his issue? Well, he's got an issue with the Von Miller. He said the price tag is too much. A second overpaid. and a third. I yeah. mean, what are we talking about here? Thinks they overpaid. Apparently. Do we have audio of that? I, I'm a little you know listen. I, you know, I love Key, but I don't think I would I would disagree with that. I mean, a second and a third um, for Von Miller, 
granted, look, I know he had four sacks in the first three games and only had half a sack the last five, but he's dealing with an ankle injury, so I would imagine that the ankle injury part of the equation has been a factor for more than just a few weeks. Um, but, Laura, if we have the sound, let me hear it. I'd love to hear Key's rationale on something like this. It certainly helps them. It was a steep price to pay. I don't personally think that I would have given up two uh, second-day picks, a second- and a third-round pick, to go get a guy that's a little bit past what we know Von Miller as, as a double-digit sack guy. I mean, they're hoping that they can still get a little bit of that out of this. Um, I mean, I mean, he is older. He's 32 years old. But, I mean, do you think he's he's on that side of his career, Cap? Well, let me just say this. I have not been watching the Denver Broncos intently, and I haven't been breaking down film. So for me to tell you that Vaughn Miller at 32 years old is the player that was the dominant defensive star of the Broncos Super Bowl team that beat Carolina in San Francisco for the Super Bowl, that was the Peyton Manning Broncos team, I can't tell you 100% that Vaughn Miller today is the player he was back then, call it 2017. But I assume that when the Rams, who I think do a great job of finding ways to make moves, as they're analyzing who Von Miller is, they're probably thinking to themselves, okay, let, let's think about this. We got Aaron Donald who draws yep. a double team. There it is. That's it right there. Right. So, so if Aaron Donald is drawing a double team and Leonard Floyd is leading the team in sacks, well, then you throw Von Miller onto the field and what is that going to do? That's going to make the secondary, which lost a lot of pieces to free agency last offseason, that should put more pressure on quarterbacks. And we talked about this yesterday. You know, really, when you look at it, there are three games remaining on the Rams' schedule. There's a game at Green Bay, a game at Arizona, and a game at Baltimore. Otherwise, there's not one game that should be in question on the Rams' schedule. But those three games in particular – on the road at Green Bay and on the road at Arizona, if you've got Von Miller and you can put more pressure on a quarterback and you can win those games, you could have home field advantage throughout the playoffs. And look, it's no secret here. The Rams want to play in the Super Bowl in SoFi Stadium. It's the first year with fans. It's the first time the NFL will come to SoFi for a Super Bowl. It's the first time in probably 30 years that the NFL has been in L.A. for a Super Bowl. The Rams are going for it and for that whether they gave up too much or not and we can argue that later on because we won't know i say go for it i say this is an amazing move forget second and third round picks next year they can't help you this year so i disagree with Keyshawn. key yeah and again i just think that the, the you nailed it with the aaron donald stuff you know what i mean like you have aaron donald next to you i mean i'm not trying to disrespect anyone else right they've had some guys who are, are pretty good uh, guys as far as um, pass rushers are concerned. Michael Brockers, right? Like, there's been guys on this roster that have been good, but a lot of those guys have benefited from Aaron Donald. You know what I mean? Like, you know, when you have, I think, the best player, the best defensive player in the league, arguably the best player in the league, period, on your defensive line, you know, being that kind of a disruptor, everyone else is going to be much better because of it. Right, and if you've got Aaron Donald in the middle drawing double teams and you've got Leonard Floyd out on one side, and then you look to the other side and you're like, okay, wait a second. Let me see how I'm in a game plan here. I got Floyd, who's pretty good. He's a nice player. And I got Donald, who's an unstoppable force. And now I got to deal with Von Miller. And look, he may have had an, an ankle injury and he may be a few years older, but I, gotta, I have got to respect Von Miller. So now I got three guys along that defensive front that I have to have real respect for. And then 
Then, I, now i got to think about one of the best secondary players in the entire NFL in the back in Jalen Ramsey. So, I really love the move. And I don't think they gave up too much because I don't know who the second-round pick's going to be for next year. I don't know who the third-round pick's going to be. And I don't anticipate that those guys are going to be immediate impact players. Vaughn Miller is expected to immediately impact the Rams' defense. Yeah, I, I would agree wholeheartedly. All right, coming up next, uh, there's some fun stuff, or maybe not fun, but some silly stuff surrounding USC. We'll get to that in a moment. Plus, our top five and bottom five NFL teams coming up in the next segment as well. Uh, stick around. We're back in a couple minutes here on 710 ESPN. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network. Cap, do you know who made this instrumental song for Miami Vice? The guy's name? Um, no, but I want to guess because I don't like to not at least take a guess. Right. So my answer is no, but I'm going to guess. You ready for this? John yeah. Tesh. I mean, you're kind of close. I mean, it's with a J. Jan Hammer was the that guy. That was going to be my second guess, by the way, yeah. Jan Hammer. Yeah. I was going to go with Jan. This was very, um, you know, he's like from like Czech, or he was from the old Czechoslovakia or something like that. Uh, but he was like, you know, he created a lot of these like theme songs for a lot of these shows. And he was, uh, but this was clearly his most famous one. I loved Miami Vice. I loved the TV show. I did. I can't believe it's, let's see. I, this I really is, hated that they tried to make it a movie and it was really terrible. Right. Because I'm thinking like the mid 80s, 85, 86, 87, I was driving down the road in my 1978 Oldsmobile Cutlass Supreme, and I was thinking that I was in a Ferrari, and I was thinking that I was Crockett. <laughs> By the buddy, way, yeah. how ridiculous was that when you think about it, that they were driving a Ferrari like in, like in as cops? I know they were undercover cops, but come on. Got to play the part, George. Got to take that Ferrari from some drug dealer. Right. And you got to take the yayo because you got to have some on you, you know? Yayo. What do you mean, yayo? Yayo, not yayo. Oh, really? There's no H in there? Not even a pronunciated J? No. Yeah, okay, yo. so it's not yay-ho. Yeah. It's yay-yo. Yeah. Okay, well, you need some of that, and then you need a big fat wad of cash on you because I'm a cop, but I'm undercover. So I want you to see that I got some of the stuff. I got a whole bunch of cash. I got a Ferrari. Right. Yeah, yeah. Fair. I'm looking the part. Okay, fair enough. I'm undercover. Um, so did you see your boy Clay Helton got hired? You know, this is an amazing story to me. I'm so glad you just brought this up. Tell me this. You were the coach at USC. Uh-huh. And today, November yeah. 2nd, mm -hmm. you have accepted a new head coaching job at Georgia Southern. Yeah. Like, like if you told me that Clay Helton went and got a job at even a, a school that's not a great school or great team in a Power 5 conference, I'd say... Okay, you know, that, that's interesting. He went to Vanderbilt. He's going into the SEC. He went to, I'm using Wake Forest as an example. I get that they're nationally ranked and they're having an amazing season. But in the ACC, they're not usually a power. Clay Helton goes from the mountaintop that is USC. Granted, mm -hmm. they're down. But you understand what I'm saying, traditional yeah, yeah. power. Yeah. To freaking Georgia Southern? 
But I've been trying to tell you he's not that good a coach. You know what I'm saying? Like, Georgia Southern is actually the perfect place for him because there are zero expectations for him there. Anything he does there is going to be looked at as like, hey, great job, Clay. Um, Because he doesn't want to, you know, we talked about this, you know, a month or two ago. He doesn't want to recruit a certain kind of kid, quote unquote. He lost all the inner city kids. So, you know, this is the perfect place for him. He doesn't have to worry about standards or whatnot. He's a nice man. But he, you know, he's not a cut out to be a power five coach. Like he got the gig because they just wanted continuity. But don't you feel like if you have USC on your resume? No, but you're not good enough. Everybody knows that you only had USC because you they wanted continuity and you were on the staff. That's it. But you can't fool anybody. I mean, no. wait a second. No, people are look, too smart, man. I know, but but George, think about this. If I told you that a coach went from Georgia Southern, he was the head coach at Georgia Southern, been incredibly successful, won a couple of national championships at the level that they play in. This guy's ready to take the big next step from Georgia Southern to USC. That's like going from Florida Gulf Coast as a basketball coach to USC. I went from this tiny little school. We had one really nice run in the NCAA tournament. I struck while the iron was hot. I became the USC head basketball coach. From Florida Gulf Coast to USC, that's a massive jump. To go from USC down to Georgia Southern is also a massive jump. What I'm getting at is this. When the college football season ends and coaches get fired, jobs will be available. And when your resume says USC, you're highly likely at nothing else just to get an interview. I'm just surprised that Clay Helton took this job at this time. Because nobody else was going to offer anything good for him. He wasn't that good a coach, and everyone knew it. Like, people in college, man, people in sports, you know this. They talk. Everybody talks, man. And what you always hear about Clay is this, what a nice man. But you never hear, wow, he's this great offensive mind, right? You know what I mean? Like, you never, you never hear that. You All you heard was, oof, he's let the recruiting slip. I mean, Bryce Young is going to Alabama, right? Kid from Pasadena, for God's sake, right? DJ Uingalele is going, uh, you know, to Clemson. These kids are leaving the the, uh, the South. I'm sorry, leaving towards the South. Um, so that's what you hear. Everybody sees and hears the same thing. Yeah, I'm just, I got to say, man, I, he- I hear where you're coming from. And I'm, 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 I understand, but I'm just thinking to myself, my goodness, dude, you were at USC from 2010 through this season. You were the quarterbacks coach. You were the offensive coordinator. You were the interim head coach. You became the head coach from 2015 until this year. Clay Helton was the head football coach at USC, not South Carolina. Okay. I'm talking about real USC. And you would think that if he took a step backwards, he wouldn't be taking three steps backwards, which is what Georgia Southern is to me. Now, maybe you're right. Maybe he's like, hey, screw it, man. I just love being a football coach. And I made so much money at USC that money is no longer an option or an issue. So you know what? I'm going to go to a smaller school. I'm going to go to the deep south. I think he was, didn't he play college ball at like Auburn or someplace like that? I don't remember. Uh, yeah, he was a he was a Auburn, and then he was a quarterback in college. Auburn, and then maybe Houston. In fact, that's exactly what it is. So here's a guy who seems to have some roots down in the southeast of the U.S. 
And maybe he's just thinking, smaller school, smaller program, smaller budget, less pressure, no media. I've already made my money in life. I'm good. I just want to go back to coaching, not managing and dealing with media and expectations and can't live up to them. I know it's kind of like hiding. It's like I went from USC to Georgia Southern. I'm I'm just shocked. I, I, I mean, I'm not. I'm telling you, like he's just not that good. <laughs> so, and now you're seeing it. Everything I told you a month ago. Now does do, does it materialize in your head now that Absolutely everyone else not. sees what I see? No, still doesn't work for me. Okay, still doesn't work for me. Because let me tell you something else. You know, this USC, the current coaching staff, like everybody who's left over, these guys have turned this season into a freaking mess. And to read today in the LA Times that the kids who are the quarterbacks are like. Yeah, the coaches aren't really telling me what the split is. They're not telling me when I'm playing, who's starting, who's not starting, what quarter I'm playing, what quarter he's playing. I mean, it, the kids came out today, yeah, I and I think really ratted out the coaching staff. You know? Like, you're not telling which player is playing when? Like, what, are you playing mind game with these guys? Yeah, I, I, I don't love that either, i got to be honest with you. That is, uh, that's pretty silly, I would say. But, I mean, it, it's been a mess. I don't right, think make there's a any call. question about M- it. Make a call. You ready? Will Clay Helton ever be heard from again? In other words, will he be mean? like a Lane Kiffin? Lane Kiffin took that no. major step Zero back chance. and went to Florida no. Atlantic to get to Ole Miss, right? Yeah, yeah. The answer is no. So he'll never he'll never have another big time job. No. No, well, he's done. He, he better be happy that he made all. You that know money who while Lane Kiffin is? Who's Lane he, Kiffin? He's 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 a less accomplished Larry Coker. Lane Kiffin is currently a less accomplished Larry Coker. Larry Coker took over um, the Hurricanes um, as the interim coach because the kids wanted him there because they had continuity, and the program mm-hmm. wanted him there because he had continuity. He ended up winning a national championship and, and lost a second one to Ohio State in controversy, and then eventually got fired and then went to like something called University of Texas San Antonio, which is starting a football program and hasn't been heard from since. Well, like, wait and- a second. They, they University of Texas San Antonio has been heard of. You know, look right, at the but top not with him. He, yeah. he got let go. Gotcha. Yeah. So that that's like that's Clay Hilton. You know what I mean? Like Clay Hilton is a guy who will never hear from again. Well, just to prove you wrong, I hope. Well, I hope you're wrong, and I hope he proves you wrong. I really do. Like I, I actually hope for Clay Hilton's sake, he goes to Georgia Southern, uh, reestablishes that he is a good coach, which he may or may not be. <sighs> no, he's not. And maybe finds himself eventually at a much better school. But I'm just again, for me, yeah. I'm shocked. I would have just thought I- the resume says. I'm at SC. I can no. take a step no. back here. Well, clearly it doesn't. That no. seems fairly obvious. But, but doesn't isn't it weird yeah. that he took the job now? Don't you find that strange? Because he knows he's not going to get a real job, so just take whatever you can get. Hmm. I don't know, man. By the way, I do love that the Steelers players all trolled Mike Tomlin wearing USC gear at practice. I thought that was kind of funny, too. Speaking ben of Roethlisberger wearing yeah. some USC gear, gear yeah. just to yeah. kind of stick it to Mike Tomlin. Never say never, but never. Yeah. Uh, by the way, 710 ESPN is the only station giving you a chance to win $1 million. Not a national contest. It's us giving you a chance to win a $1 million. Make sure you're listening to the show closely because every Monday around 545, we're going to ask you a trivia question related to the show. Now, by the way, that trivia question related to the show could be about could be about something we did on Monday or Tuesday or Wednesday or Thursday or even Friday. Um, so you got to be paying attention. As a matter of fact, you probably should be paying attention to our social media, too. Um, because right there we may be doing something that may be part of the trivia question. So you got to listen every day for your chance to win a million dollars. And by the way, you should, to be honest with you, we're going to give you a chance at a million dollars. The first person to answer their, that trivia question correctly will win Rams tickets uh, for a particular game. And then a shot at a million dollars. How do you get the shot at a million dollars? It's pretty simple. 
uh, once you answer the question correctly and you're the first person, we're going to ask you for a Super Bowl prediction. The two teams and the score. And in February, if you nail it, we're going to give you a million bucks. It's that simple. All right, coming up next. Tired of ads interrupting your favorite sports podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music, included with your Prime membership. Amazon Music offers the most ad-free top podcasts. Enjoy shows like First Take, Pardon the Interruption, and The Low Post, available ad-free and uninterrupted. To start listening, download the Amazon Music app or go to Amazon.com slash ESPN Pods. That's Amazon.com slash ESPN Pods to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Radio Tinder. All right, Linz, let it rip. All right. And let it rip, she did. And I am talking about Tamara Torlikson. Uh, during last week's Mountains to Beach Marathon, the woman was on pace for a personal best record which when she had the urge to go to the bathroom. And when I say go to the bathroom, I mean number two. She didn't want to lose physical or mental momentum to stop at a restroom, so she didn't. And she just went in her shorts and just kept running and she said quote i had to focus it just came out and i felt a lot better she maintained a personal record pace with soiled shorts for roughly 13 more miles when she neared the finish line she yelled to her friends that she had pooped her pants she doesn't regret it though she ended up beating her best time ever and she did so while 13 months postpartum If you guys were ever in the situation, like you were on pace for your personal best, and you really, really, really wanted to beat that record, would you do what this woman did? Swipe left or swipe right, Sedano? Um, no, man. You know what I mean? Like, in, in, I... I mean, listen, I think everyone's been there at some point or another, but I'm swiping left on that. Like, there's got to be a better solution than that is just my estimation. Like, I don't know the complete circumstances around it, but that can't be it. I'm going to swipe right. I would gladly go number two in my pants in the middle of a race to save the 30 to 60 seconds. Because let me tell you something. In the middle of a race like that, if you by chance find a portalette and you sit down, you may have a hard time getting up. Yep, that's what she said. And plus she was worried about her body wanting to, you know, once you go once, you might have to keep going and going. So that's why she. it's exactly why she didn't do it. Yeah. Well, listen, I mean (laughs) – I have uh, I have had that same problem during uh, a race. No, just in regular oh. life, oh. like in everyday life, <laughs> okay. I've had this problem, and um, you know it's been uh, you know places, and and you just don't want to be in those places when you have to do that, and you are going to do that. It's uh, probably one of the worst places. That in like an an air or uh, when you're an airplane when you're flying. That's that's a bad place. Yeah, but there. at least there's a bathroom there. I'm talking. Yeah, about, right. Exactly. I'm talking yeah. about doing it right there in your pants. Yeah, no, 13 no 13 miles, 13 miles. It's a long time to go. It, that is a long is. time to have that sort of package in the back seat. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, for sure. I would agree. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, what's next? Uh, it's been over a year since Jessica Simpson released her very personal memoir, and Nick Lachey still has not read it. Lachey, who divorced from Simpson in 2006, was asked about open book 
on SiriusXM. He said, quote, you'll be shocked to hear that I have not read it, nor will I ever read that book. I obviously knew the book was coming out, but I lived it. I know what the truth is, so I don't need to read it or someone else's version of it in a story. I know it. I lived it. Would you guys ever read a book written by your ex? Swipe left or swipe right, Cap? I will swipe right because as much as I can respect what Nick Lachey is saying, that he lived it and he doesn't need to read it, I just know the sort of curious mind that I have, and I don't think I would be able to not read it. In fact, let me rephrase. I wouldn't read the whole book. I'd read the chapter about me. You know? I mean, I'd, I'd, I'd have to feel like I need to know what she said so that if it's inaccurate or it's just her perspective, at least I can defend myself a little bit. What if, um, like in this case, I'm pretty sure there were multiple chapters and that Nick Lachey was a uh, dominant theme throughout the book, you know? Yeah, I, 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 I'm going to tell you this. I'm swiping left. I'm not reading it. Like, I, I don't mm-hmm. care. I'm, I'm with you. That's just, you, look, man. There's a reason you're not together, right? And and I would imagine, look, when people want to sell books, they you know they embellish stories, um, and that, that you know that seems fairly consistent. Um, so, yeah. Like, I, and, and here's the thing: when was the last time Jessica Simpson was really relevant? When was the last time Nick Lachey was relevant? No, I get it, but he's not trying to be. Yeah. <laughs> I just know that the thing about books that cracks me up is is that I, one time I have a friend of mine who was, who was doing a book, and he said, would you please do an interview with this book? And he, I said, yeah, I mean, I don't really want to do it, man. But um, So I, I denied it for a long time. And then uh, he finally got me. He broke me. He's like, please, do the interview. You're an important part of my life. I want you to, to be in the book. So I go ahead, George. I tell my truth. I told it from my perspective. He told yeah. me in advance, don't talk about this. Don't talk about this. I don't need my wife to know about that. Only you. So I, I stayed away from those things. But I told the truth from my perspective. My man calls me one night hysterical crying. How could you say these things about me in my book? I go, dude, that's the truth from my perspective. You know what they did to me, George? They cut you out of the book. You're darn right they did. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cut my ass right out of the book. Was it Sid Rosenberg? Yeah. Yeah, I figured. <laughs> Well, that's no fun if he cut you out of it. I wanted to read about it. Oh, dude, you have no idea. I told the truth, man. Cut I'm in me a right book. out of that book. I'm in a book. You are? Well, you are? Uh, not about me, but a book one of my friends wrote was dedicated. There's a dedication to me in the beginning. Oh, that's nice. That's okay. kind of nice. Sweet. It's a Steelers yeah, book. Nice. Maybe I'll get it for um, Amanda since she's a Steelers fan and she can oh. read it. There you go. Being in a uh, book is cool. I don't know what it is, but even to this day, being in a book is cool. Depends how you're in the book. I mean, someday when I write a book about my career, I will have a chapter about you in there somewhere. Yeah, Yeah. you're you're probably right. (laughs) Nick Lachey probably doesn't think it's so cool to be in a book. (laughs) Probably. All right, next one. After the Buffalo Bills 26 to 11 win over the Miami Dolphins on Sunday, Josh Allen has now become the new betting favorite to win the MVP. Allen currently sits at plus 250 to win the award, and Allen takes the mantle from Kyler Murray, who has been the favorite to win the MVP for well over a month now. Murray had a subpar performance in Arizona's first loss on Sunday, and he sits at plus 500 to win right now. Third best odds with Tom Brady at the second favorite at plus 400. Do you guys think that one of these three quarterbacks, Kyler Murray, Tom Brady, Josh Allen, will win this year's MVP award? Swipe left or swipe right? 
Sit down. Uh, I'm going to swipe right. Um, I think that Josh Allen and Kyler Murray particularly uh, could be the MVP. And Brady, I guess, will always have consideration. So, But what Kyler Murray is doing is ridiculous. I mean, he's passing the ball for like 70%. He's completing 70% of his passes. And, and look, Josh Allen, um, I mean, listen, if you would have told me that that guy would be this in the NFL, I would have told you you were nuts, okay? Because every time I watched – I watched him that last year in Wyoming, and I was like, mm, I don't know about this guy, dude. He can't even complete 50% of his passes. Like, what are we talking about here? Um, but it goes to show you why I'm not an NFL scout. But it is um, – yeah, I, I, I think those three guys are arguably the three best quarterbacks in the sport, at least today, through whatever amount of weeks, eight weeks or whatever we're in. I'm going to swipe left. Um, it's not because I don't think that Josh Allen uh, or Tom Brady – you know how much I love Tom Brady – or Kyler Murray, any one of those threes, three guys could potentially be the MVP. But the reason I'm swiping left is because I need to throw in Aaron Rodgers. I need to throw in Matthew Stafford. And there are probably other names that I should be coming to like right away. That I just think that there are so many guys right now having big seasons. And those three are having really great years, but they're not the only three. So I would want to add more names to the list, so I'm swiping left. All right, next. One more. All right, when Odell Beckham Jr. arrived in Cleveland, it was a move that was supposed to bolster a suddenly talented Browns roster. And while his 2020 season was cut short with an ACL injury, Beckham has basically been an afterthought in the Browns' offense since returning. He has just 17 receptions for 232 yards and zero touchdowns. Well, ahead of today's NFL trade deadline... Odell's dad shared an extended highlight video showing Baker Mayfield missing opportunities to connect with Odell throughout the season. You know, he had some comments about it on Instagram, and then shortly after the video hit social media, LeBron joined the chorus of fans asking the Browns to trade OBJ. He posted that Beckham will have a chance to show why he's special and added the hashtag FreeOBJ. Is it a bad look for LeBron to be chiming in on the hashtag free OBJ movement? Swipe left or swipe right to Kep? I'm going to swipe right and say it is a bad look. And the reason I say that is not because LeBron shouldn't have opinions. LeBron's a huge sports fan. And he's got opinions about things. And I love the fact that he shares those opinions. The reason I don't love this one is because that's his team. Are you more of a Browns fan or are you more of an Odell fan? If you are an, if you're a Browns fan, you tr you still want to see if you can get the best out of Odell. But if you're more of an Odell fan than a Browns fan, I understand why LeBron would want to chime in on this. I disagree, by the way. I, I I don't think Odell is the player he was for the Giants through injuries, and you can talk about quarterback change and scenery change. I just don't think he's the player he was a few years ago, and um, I don't know that he'll ever be that guy again. I don't. I I'm going to swipe uh, right on this. Um, I think LeBron is well within his rights to tweet whatever the hell or Instagram. So you're actually swiping left. Oh, mean. oh, left. Okay, yeah, then yeah. left. Fine. Um, yeah, like just because it's, I mean, who cares? Like he's right. I, I, I mean, Baker Mayfield and Odell Beckham Jr. have not been on the same page since day one. And it just hasn't worked out. So move on. That way, you know. He can thrive somewhere, and Baker can thrive, and you can just kind of move forward. And by the way, I mean, I love LeBron, but LeBron's a little Drake when it comes to his sports teams, you know? Like, <laughs> I mean, I thought he was a Cowboy fan, personally. I know he's been <laughs> tweeting about, like, the Browns before or recently, but it's like, I feel like I, I, I've always known him as a Cowboys fan. Yeah, but don't but. you remember the day that the Browns play the Chargers and the, the Lakers had a preseason game, and he was at the game in yeah. at SoFi? And they were like, LeBron, don't you have a game to go play? And he's like, no, I have another game I'm going to go watch. 
Right, because he's not playing yeah, right. uh, in the preseason. But, yeah, so, I, I mean, I don't really care. I mean, it's fine. And I do think Odell Beckham Jr. should go somewhere else because it's clearly not working there. So well, too late um, this You only year. have a finite amount of time to, to play in that sport, so you well, might as well play. take advantage of it. Be the, be the player you once were because he I ain't mean, that guy. I mean, it's easier said than done, dude. Come on, you played football. You no, know that's I not always that, the case. I realize that, but what I'm saying is that, but that's the point. You know, LeBron is like, oh, well, if, if Odell left and he went someplace else, he'd go back to being Odell. Not necessarily. I mean, not necessarily, but certainly this situation isn't working. So, I mean, why wouldn't you try another situation? You know, like, I, I don't know. Well, if I'm I, Cleveland and I can't get what I want for the guy, I'm going to say, hey, hey, o o Odell, you stay, you play, and you be the best you can be, and let's see how good we can be with you at your very best. Because I don't think the Browns have seen Odell at his best. Well, and if they have, I don't think Baker can get the best watch. out of him. That's just me personally. I think Baker Mayfield is one of the most overrated quarterbacks we have in the sport. We talk about him way too much, to be honest with you, for someone who's not that good. Well, right. You uh, can't turn on a TV commercial without him being on it. Yeah. All right. That is uh, Radio Tinder each and every day at uh, 530 here on the show. Coming up next, our top five, bottom five, as we wrap it up and get ready to toss the Lakers coverage. Lakers playing tonight. Uh, so make sure you stick around for that. Sliwa and Michael will have all the action for you in the pregame, and Michael and John will have the action for you during the game here on 710 ESPN. Hi, this is ESPN's Mike Greenberg, and ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sports book of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today, and new users get $100 in bonus bets for making any sports book bet. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Ooh, I love Nelly. I miss Nelly. Mm -hmm. Nelly's Nelly back. Wasn't he on Dancing the Stars a couple years ago or something like that? Recently? Yeah, he's back too. He's like touring right now. Is he really? Yeah, John Ireland's wife saw him at like a Idaho oh. fair. No way. Swear, just like a month or two ago. Wow. In Idaho? Yep, he was at a county fair. You got to be kidding me. No joke. I've seen good artists at county fairs. He was also oh. on Jimmy Kimmel recently too. Oh. Yeah. oh, Laura, yes. I'm not downing on county fairs. Oh, okay, I love, good. I was like, I love fairs. It's not that. It's, <laughs> it's just that in, Ireland's wife's song? No, oh. it's in Idaho. I mean, like, I'm just surprised. If you would have told me that he was at the L.A. County Fair, I'd be like, okay, that's cool. You know? Yeah, that's where I saw Escape and Boys to Men. And yeah, but in Idaho, things. just surprised. I mean, you know, mm -hmm. maybe Idaho is a burgeoning, uh, you know, uh, metropolis that you're not familiar with, so. Yeah, I was just there uh, this summer for the first time. I was in a town called Sun Valley, Idaho. If you don't like cultural diversity and you're white, <laughs> this is the place for you. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I'm saying. Well, there you have it. Um, uh, all right, Laura, do we have some NFL music so we do our top five, bottom five here? Um, oh, wow, that was very quick. Cap, would you like to start with your top five or bottom five first? How I'd like would you to start with my bottom five. Okay, go right ahead. All right, uh, the, the five worst teams in the NFL through eight weeks. At number 28, the New York Jets. Now, hold on a second. They beat Cincinnati this past week, yeah. and their only other win came against Tennessee. So two quality wins, but they are two and five, and they are number 28 in the NFL. At number 29, George, the Miami Dolphins. What a disaster the Dolphins have turned into at yeah. one and seven through eight weeks. Brutal. Just at brutal. number 30, the Jacksonville Jaguars are one and six, 
and they don't seem to be getting much better. At number 31, the Detroit Lions are 0-8, and it's just getting worse by the week, and it's starting to look like they may not win a game. However, the worst team, the very worst team in the entire NFL, the Houston Texans. Yeah, they are really bad. So there you I'm surprised it. you didn't do the whole Chargers point. bit again. Good for you. Well, I was going to put the Chargers in, but I looked around and I thought to myself, the Chargers are probably number 27 in the league. So they didn't make the bottom five. They made the bottom six. They're just okay. like, they are others receiving votes. Yeah, I see. Uh, all right, so here's my bottom five. I'm going to go with number 28. I also will go uh, with the Jets. Actually, sh- scrap that. I'm going to go with the Washington football team. Ooh. I have watched them play recently. Um, I watched that Broncos game this weekend, and it was bad. Like, th- I know this Taylor Henneke kid was, you know, had that moment in the playoffs with them last year, but that team just stinks. Like, it's just not very good. Uh, then I will go with the Jets at number 29. Um, I know Mike White is a great story. Um, I mean, he's the first Jets quarterback to throw for over 400 yards. Or he threw 405 yards. That's the most since right. Vinny Testaverde in 2000. Okay, oh, that's wow. how far back you have to wow. go. I- Keyshawn was playing with him back then. Um, so that's how far back you have to go. Vinny and Keyshawn were hooking up and Wayne Krebet and those guys. Uh, next I will go with the Jacksonville Jaguars. And the reason the Jacksonville Jaguars are number 30 is because they actually beat the Miami Dolphins. Now the Jaguars do stink. The Dolphins in theory should be better than them, but they're not. They're awful too. They have the third worst, uh, point differential. So the Dolphins are my 31st team. And then also the Texans. Yeah. The Texans are by far the worst team in the sport. Oh, wait, I'm sorry. I missed the Lions. How did I, what did I do there? Hold on. Did I just give you four teams or five teams? I think eight teams is what you just gave us. Hold on. So Washington, Jets, Dolphins, Jaguars, Texans. Yeah, five. All right. So you know what? Take out Washington. Sorry. Let's do this over again. Um, <laughs> let's do this over again. Uh, so Jets, Jaguars, Dolphins, Texans, Lions. That's where I'm going. Those are my five. Those are the worst five. Yeah, in no particular order. So here comes my top No, no, five. that's the order. No, I got it. I'm just saying they're all terrible. Yeah. You know? Uh, here's my top five, George. Through yeah. eight weeks of the NFL This is much season, easier. The top five is much easier. At number five, I've yeah. got Arizona. They're 7-1. Yeah. and one. They lost yeah. to Green Bay, but they're still yeah. a top five team, I believe. Yeah. Uh-huh. The only team I have from the AFC is in at number four. That's the Buffalo Bills. They're 5-2. and two. They beat lowly Miami. But I think, I think right now they're the best team overall in the AFC. Yeah. At number three, and they're coming off a loss, but you know my man crush on Tom Brady, even though they lost to New Orleans, who's a good team. They're not a great team. I've got Tampa Bay still at number three this week. At number two, the L.A. Rams. And I got you. I mean, the schedule's been weak. The last three weeks have been just total cupcake preseason games, but I've still got the Rams at number two. And my number one team in the NFL through eight weeks the Green Bay Packers at 7-1 and one, who just come off a win against then-unbeaten Arizona. My top five, Arizona, Buffalo, Tampa Bay, the Rams, and Green Bay, number one. Okay, so my number five team uh, is going to be the Buffalo Bills. Um, I think they are the cream of the crop in the AFC. I think the AFC is got a lot of decent teams. Um, I don't think that they have a lot of strong teams this particular season. So they're number five. Uh, Number four, I'm going to go with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers at number four, even though they just lost to the New Orleans Saints. I still feel like uh, the Saints are really their only kryptonite. 
Um, Brady has four touchdowns, four picks in his two years against the Saints. 71 touchdowns, 19 interceptions against everyone else in a Bucks uniform. It's pretty impressive. Um, so he, they're going to be my number four team. Then I've got the Arizona Cardinals as my number three team. And uh, look, I, I just think that people are starting to figure things out a little bit with Arizona, particularly the way to handle Kyler Murray, which is basically keep him in the pocket. Um, and if you've got two defensive ends that can do that, um, I, I think, and we saw Green Bay do it. We've seen a couple teams do it. Now they've only got the one loss to Green Bay. But I think that's the recipe is that Kyler's so small, it's hard for him to see over the line of scrimmage. He needs to kind of either fade backwards or fade to his right or left, right? Like I think that's the reality of uh, the strength of where Kyler's strength is. So then after that, I'm going to go with the Green Bay Packers at number two. They're awesome. Um, you know, Aaron is my man crush. But number one is the Rams. I, I know they have the loss to Arizona, and it seems counterintuitive, um, but I just think they just got better with Von Miller now. Um, they're really going to be if – if you, if you thought they were dangerous already, I mean, they're going to be really bleeping dangerous now moving forward. Well, so. if what you say is right about Kyler Murray, look what the Rams have just done with the addition of Von Correct. Miller. Yeah. They've said, we're going to make this guy stay in the pocket or we're going to spy as he tries to go up the middle, but he's not going to go running outside because we're going to just be bringing the heat from the outside. And yeah, well, and you got Aaron Donald. You know? So yeah. there's, there's a lot of stuff going on there. Uh, all right, that is our top five, bottom five. Real quick, uh, our buddy Jonathan Watson, who is one of our great listeners here on the station, is basically like a, like a second producer here, on the, or a third producer here on the show, uh, says Nelly's doing country now and headlined the iHeartRadio Music Festival. I didn't know that, but shout out to Jonathan Watson. Let me tell you something. You talk about a guy who loves sports and really, really loves the media game. This guy every night is sending me invitations to join his Twitter spaces. I'm sure you're getting those invitations yeah. as well. Um, he does all these Laker post-game podcasts. Jonathan, shout out to you, my brother. You are crushing it, dude. Yeah, for sure. Uh, but I had no I had no idea Nelly was doing country. No, I nor did I. knew he was like dabbling in there because he has features with artists, but I didn't know he like transitioned out. Yeah. Of his genre and I didn't know he was I, I you know I mean everyone dabbles you know what I mean yeah but, he uh, was dabbling I like to dabble you mean yeah. it's not country grammar no not country grammar <laughs> that's a dumb Kaplan joke yeah I was didn't get it though just didn't just didn't get it it was kind of like one of those Dave Chappelle jokes that just didn't hit for me in his most recent special but he has a now, song called country grammar yeah that's well, what he came out with yeah. his uh, most famous song yeah. country grammar that's what okay. launched him into stardom. Okay, gotcha. Um, didn't know that. But exactly. I did know I did know <laughs> that it was getting hot in here. I knew it was getting very hot in here. So hot I her. Take, taking, taking off all my clothes. Can you say hot, hot her? Hot her? Hot in her. It's oh, called it's hot, hot in her. her, not oh, hot, hot in here. It's hot in oh. her. Well, you know, it's, it's I mean, in the song he says, you're getting hot in here. But it, 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 everyone talk when he says it, he's like, hot in her. Like, he says it. He says it in the song, too. Well, let me just say this. If Nelly has decided to go into the country music world, now it makes sense that he was playing in Idaho. Yeah, now it makes all the sense in the world. Right, country fair in Idaho. How much for that steer, and let's go jam out to Nelly. Uh, all right, that'll do it for us. We'll go jam out to Nelly uh, off the air. Great job, Kaplan. Hey, George, I hope you feel better, man. Way Thank to power you. through. Appreciate you, brother. I, I appreciate it. Um, Lindsay and Laura, excellent work as always. So Slewa and Michael... We'll have all the action coming up here. Stick around here on 710 ESPN.